this is the Wellnergy Podcast. I'm Sarah Pickin-Brown, Integrated Movement Specialist, Wellness Coach of 20 years, and former pro athlete. Every week, we get down and dirty with all things fitness, nutrition, and mental health related, with an array of special guests who share their incredible stories, nuggets of advice, and answer your burning questions. So grab that drink, get comfy, and let's dive on in. Hi everyone, it's the Wellnergy Podcast here and I'm Sarah Pickham-Brown and I'm joined today by a wonderful personal trainer uh, who is based in Brighton and she is having a very important conversation with many people, uh, clients, but also uh, social media followers about menopause. Uh, Kate Roham, welcome to the podcast and it's an absolute pleasure to have you here and, and hear about this really important conversation that you're having it's destigmatizing the menopause conversation. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm, I know I've said this to you before, but I love the fact that um, I'm taking part in an event and part of this um, wonderful collaboration of um, fitness professionals um, and various other professionals, but that you're highlighting and giving a space uh, for conversation around the menopause, because for so long, it's um, definitely something that's been swept under the carpet, something that's very taboo. Uh, something that's not talked about yet, something that is so um, hugely impactful of anyone's wellness journey and um, fitness journey when they reach that age, obviously. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it does impact everyone, not just women, because the, there are families and friends and totally. loved ones that are usually potentially bear the brunt of uh, this particular issue. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience of menopause and, and what the journey's been for you and also why you think it's not been talked about. This has been something that's been impacting women for since time began and, and yet we're only really starting to talk about it now. Yeah, so it's, it's, it is interesting because again, it is one of those things that I wouldn't have highlighted or wouldn't be talking about if, it, if I hadn't come from personal experience. Um, and actually, I sort of started in the well-being space uh, very much, um, well, actually not much younger, but sort of six years ago, five years ago. Um, and it's been for me, it's been quite a quick um, progression of realizing what was going on with my body. Um, I didn't really understand. I, I as a lot of women um, do, are, are having children slightly later. So I thought that the exhaustion, um, general aches and pains, all of that sort of stuff was um, the, the fact that I was um, postnatal, you know, Rupert was, was well too. Um, and what I didn't realize then was actually it's sort of perimenopause and postnatal where a lot of women do find themselves because we are having children slightly later. Um, and I found that I needed to change the way I was training. Everything I did stayed, nothing changed. I was actually gaining weight um, which is a very common uh, symptom as, as we head towards that menopause journey because our estrogen um, slows down, our digestive system slows down. So we're still eating the same um, and working out the same, but everything is just working that little bit differently. Um, and actually what I know now obviously is that adding strength training is so hugely important. It's important all the time. Um, and in actual fact, it's kind of that early intervention, isn't it? That I think certainly my generation uh, we grew up thinking that it was cardio you know running for endlessly on a treadmill or on the street was the right way to 
I guess if you wanted to lose weight was the right way to do it. And what we know now, you know, scientifically is that actually uh, strength training, weight training is hugely beneficial in any program, not just somebody um, on that menopause journey. Um, but the symptoms that, that I was experiencing were crippling um, to the extent that even as a, as a fitness coach, um, I was ready to kind of just take a step back and um, fitness has always helped me so much with my mental health as well. So it does, it has a huge impact. I think 40% of, of women um, who are in, in this demographic sort of fall off um, or, or, or struggle in a workplace um, with their menopause symptoms. So I really hate to think when you have to go to work, if that's affecting 40%, what that statistic might be for someone who doesn't necessarily have to exercise, you're not getting any financial gain. You know, it's a very easy thing to, 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 to sort of pack your bags and say, I can't do it anymore. Um, and the workplace side of things, just give us a bit of an idea of um, how that impacts because it's it's cognitive, it's psychological. Yeah. Um, well, it is your brain fog, and um, you also uh, lack of sleep, so you lose concentration, you lose focus. Um, you also can actually begin to lose quite a lot of confidence through that because, again, when you when your recollection. Um, isn't quite what it used to be you begin to doubt yourself so self-doubt creeps in which um, you know obviously if, depending on who's in your office or you, you know if you're with young jovial people or you know again if you suddenly have a hot flush and you're sat there at your desk um, and people don't understand what's going on you know it's it's really crippling and certainly um, you know for me it was the joint pain it was actually the hot flushes when you're teaching people it was the exhaustion the night sweats um and actually i had terrible breathlessness heart palpitations um and anxiety um and i thought that i needed to quit everything i was doing and so that you know that's where people then give up and it, I, I was very grateful and lucky i connected with uh, dr rebecca lewis at newson health um but it really then even took a while because I kept on thinking, I'm really, I'm too young, I'm 44, you know, this isn't, menopause isn't something that happens, you know, we, we see, we've always for so long been given images of women in menopause, sort of old and hunched, and, you know, it's, it's sort of, you're old, but actually I think, you know, coming into that, and, and what, what you were saying earlier in your question is, women are living longer, we are living longer, so actually I think that's why now, um, people are looking at statistics and people are trying to make more of a difference because um before uh when when women were you know we were dying at a young age it didn't not that it didn't really matter of course it mattered but things weren't taken into consideration but we now live you know for 30 years of our life menopausally postmenopausally um the biggest factors the biggest um you know killers of of women in postmenopause is heart disease um you know many people think it's breast cancer or lung cancer it's not it's that like it is um it is, yeah, it is heart disease. Um, and that's and, directly related to the drop yeah. in estrogen on yes. the whole rather than the star factors, right? Well, because, you know, again, your digestive system slows down. So then you've got your type 2 diabetes, that obesity. So it's just, it's just really important. And I think that we need to be having these conversations. Actually, if I knew what I knew at 30, mm. um, I would have been prepared um, to have made a more informed choice and it, and again it's that thing that obviously there was the whole scaremongering um, you know over 20 years ago about the risks of breast cancer and um, WHI um, you know that was publicized by so many um, newspapers that put a lot of fear in women and whilst we're now breaking down those barriers around 
the um, HRT, what I, I feel um, has not been slightly forgotten, but is actually, you know, some women can't take HRT. Some women might not want to take HRT. So if you fall into those categories and we're being told that HRT is the only way of solving these problems, which it isn't, it's, um, it's, it helps with your symptoms. Exercise and diet, again, it, that's your first that's your first place to turn to as with so many things right Sarah with with any mental health with a mental health illness with anything you know we know the, the benefits of exercise in all of these things and so what I really want to see is that from the age of 30 we're driving that really healthy balanced diet lifestyle with exercise preempting what might well, well happen on that perimenopause journey but that we're prepared for it and if your symptoms are so crippling if you can't manage that joint pain if those night sweats are horrific and obviously if you're predisposed to osteoporosis um, from a family member that then hrt exercise and diet combined is your magic answer but hrt on its own will not physically will not fix your issues it needs to be run alongside a healthy diet and exercise and exercise and diet if you don't want to H take hrt can help but the defining uh part of that puzzle will always be your diet and exercise and i think we've really got to um, focus on that because too many women come to me when it's they've, they've gone past they've some of them have gone past that point they've lost their them, their, their exercise desire that they used to love they don't know where to start they don't know how to get back and actually if we can stop that from happening then when you get the aches and pains if you then take the hrt it's easier to get back on track which is actually what happened to me was i kind of recognized that's what was happening um and i was fit and healthy so again let's make it clear that just because you are eating well and you are exercising well and you're not going to bypass the symptoms that they might be less um, but even though, though everything I was doing, um, the HRT for me was the magic piece of the puzzle that helped put me back together. Um, but that's still ongoing as well. What would you say to to women who are afraid to talk to doctors uh, about just getting basic information? I mean, I know that, uh, you know, just from what I've been reading myself, I'm also of of the age uh, and in fact, it was listening to you talking at the recent digital event that a few pennies started to drop for me. And also with an understanding of some clients of mine as well. Um, for me, I always thought that going through menopause was, it was hot flashes, it was the night sweats, all of that sort of thing. But I didn't realize it was things like heart palpitations. I didn't yeah. realize it was things like um, getting itchy skin all the time, that your skin starts to change, uh, that you, your... Um, hydration levels of your skin starts changing. It doesn't matter how much moisturizer you put on or how much water you drink, it won't have a, an impact like perhaps it used to. So all of these sorts of things, the penny started to drop for me. And I, I started looking up various doctors on, um, you know, menopause uh, conversations on social media and that sort of thing. And um, there are a lot of women out there who feel quite bullied when they go and ask questions from their GP you know, with things like um, anxiety and perhaps feeling low, what doctors tend to do is immediately prescribe antidepressants, which it may work for some people, but isn't necessarily what others want to do. And it's certainly for myself, not something that I would ever consider. So 
what would you say to women who are in that position, who are feeling scared? Where would you direct them and, and what would you say to them? Yeah, and I should say that's a really good point because last year when I was going through everything I went through, I went for chest x-rays, I went for scans, I had bloods taken and they told me I was depressed. They told me, you know, antidepressants. They didn't actually say antidepressants would be the right way, but have you considered that you are depressed? You know, we're in lockdown all of these things and actually the aches and pains, they were like, are you working out too much? Mm. Um, so what I would say, the, the best place and the best thing for women to do, there is an amazing app called the Balance app. And actually if they can download the Balance app, they can track their cycles, they can track their symptoms. And actually that means that when you go, when you go to your doctor, Mommy. listen, sorry, Sarah. When you go to your doctor, you're able to take that with you and you've got a whole, list of your symptoms that are there and not to be scared i know how hard it is because the problem is gps don't have training in menopause so um would you believe and actually i am talking to somebody later on today who's campaigning um for that to happen because gps don't understand so it's not really their fault that they don't know because like you said it's always the hot flushes that's the first symptom um, and that that you know the the heart palpitation and the breathlessness is actually now one of the bigger um, symptoms that has definitely come to light. So I would say keep a track of everything you've got. And again, the really important thing for women to point out is you can still have your periods, so you can still have um, a regularish cycle and be in perimenopause and have those other symptoms. So of course, when you go to a lot of GPs and they say, well, you can't be met perimenopause or you're still having your periods, that that isn't the be all and end all. And again, they don't rely on blood tests. So if you go to your GP and they offer you a blood test, I would say, look, I, I've got the symptoms. There is something called the um, climeric scale as well, which you can take um, and you can print that off on the British uh, menopause website. Um, and you can take that with you to your doctors and that they will be, they, I mean, they, they essentially have to act on it. You are entitled as a woman to get help. Um, and that's very much what I ended up sort of saying to the doctor. They actually said to me, I'm saying, you sound very angry, Mrs. Roham. And I was like, I am, ang I'm angry and I'm scared and I'm sad because mm. I don't, I, I actually thought for quite a bit of last year that I, it might've been a lot worse than it was. You know, we do, because again, that's the anxiety that comes with menopause. Um, you, you know, we tend to, to, to think that it is something worse. I think that happens anyway by default. So what I would say to any, any woman is, there is support out there. You are supported. Don't be afraid. It is your body. Um, and you are entitled to get the help you want to. And that Louise Mommy. News. No. Sorry. This is working from home life, you see. Um, and that, yes, download, definitely download the Balance app because that will help um, you keep a track of everything you need to know to take to your GP. And there is, there is also obviously private options in order to get information if you are able to pay to have a consultation with a, a, a menopause specialist you can yeah. do that but there is also through the british menopause society they have nhs uh qualified gps and there is quite a stringent process to go through getting uh accredited by the the british menopause society as well i'm aware so, yeah um, but again it's really hard because actually what what um, um what is difficult is that not everybody again can afford then the prescriptions um i mean we could sit and talk about this phrase it's obviously testosterone which is the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of women Mommy. yes that testosterone which was the missing piece of the puzzle is only available on private prescription so even a gp um can't do that so 
there are some amazing people out there fighting for all of this to happen. There's a petition actually that Diane Danzebrink um, has got at the moment, Make Menopause Matter. Um, and I'm talking to her actually uh, later on today. Um, she's, got, she's an incredible woman. Um, and again, it's funny because I'm new, not new on this menopause journey, but she's been campaigning since like 2016. So it is there and it's, it's we are battling against it. But it's also important to remember that there are people that go into uh, menopause very early. You know, you can have primary ovarian insufficiency um, and that it's not, um, you know, that it's not just something that is for old women. We need to, 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 to learning, we need to learn about it from an early age because it can happen as young as 14. It's very uncommon, but it can. And it can even happen earlier than 40. Um, so like you're saying, there are private GPs that, that know all of this, but we need to make sure that this is universal, that this is, it, that, that, that this is accessible to all women. Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that younger women are actually getting the information and able to make decisions about what they would like to do, informed decisions. Information really is power um, earlier. Yeah. They're aware of, of the symptoms. I mean, I, I certainly think that there are clients of mine and um, even family members who uh, were misdiagnosed. Um, they were aware that probably they were going through menopause, but perhaps weren't aware of all of the symptoms, things like the joint pain and, um, yeah. you know, getting urinary tract infections regularly when, you know, there's no real reason for it and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, it is difficult. Actually, my mum had um, breast cancer, which she believes was because she was on HRT. But again, we have to remember the HRT has changed quite a lot. It used to be made out of uh, horses urine um, and now the HRT that we are prescribed you've got body identical so it is it's from yams and it's very very much um, you know accepted by our bodies and the progesterone um, you know it's all it's um, progesterone right I'm trying to think of the word now not being a GP but it's 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 basically it's all it's changed so much anything you take orally estrogen never used to work because obviously it's absorbed by the stomach whereas now obviously because it's absorbed by the skin um you know these body identical hormones have changed drastically so I was sort of trying to say to my mum you know although you had your breast cancer again I've read the statistics that doesn't necessarily put me at higher risk you're in actual fact at higher risk of getting breast cancer having two alcoholic drinks of an evening um or being overweight so you know, this this is the thing we have to we have to weigh it up. But again, as you said, it's about giving women that informed choice. Um, and it's funny because I got my HRT in I think it was in like July, and I sat and I looked at it in a box until November, um, because I was just I was just quite scared, and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I no longer can do this, and I really wish I'd done it sooner. And it worked for me. It took a little bit of juggling. I tried a few different things. So you know, again. I think we all, when we start taking something, we all want it to work straight away. That's not going to happen. Be patient. Um, but, you know, again, just I think the, the, the forefront of that management is really looking at um, your exercise program and finding someone who understands that like yourself or like me or like, you know, there are male trainers now that are definitely stepping up um, and beginning to learn about you know the women uh women at this age and what they need um and perhaps how to talk to them because you know our pelvic floors everything begin to suffer and that can be a very embarrassing conversation to have with a with a with a female trainer let alone a male trainer um and i i don't want people you know women might have a really great relationship with their personal trainer who is a is a man and for that relationship to suffer because he might not understand it, it would just be so good 
I, I even said this the other day that it would be lovely if there was a menopause training course for trainers because right, we qualify and we can go off and do yoga, Pilates, pre and postnatal, but there's nothing specified for menopause. And I, I'm, in the 20 years that I've been a personal trainer, I have never seen a course anywhere, whether it's Australia, the US or the UK, that um, covers that particular topic off. And we're an aging population, you know, there, this, is a, this is a big issue. Um, so education is really important. I, I heartily agree yeah. with you. They shouldn't have something extra that we pay for, right? So like I went and did my pre and postnatal because I wanted to, but paid another 350 pounds. Whereas I can guarantee any male trainer, well, I can't guarantee it. I can predict that probably most trainers wouldn't then pay having done their qualification at level three, that extra, that extra pound to go and then necessarily do a menopause course, because it might not be something they ever felt they needed to do because they didn't have an understanding that actually the menopause is something that can happen to women or we need to change the way we train from the age of really 35. Absolutely. Well, it's, it is interesting that there is a lot of hormonal changes, more pronounced, obviously, with women, but I also believe that there is hormonal changes that happen with men as well. Um, and just having an understanding of the impacts of these amazing hormones that we have, both for building muscle, reducing body fat, keeping our mind healthy, and our, our emotional stability as well, it, it is all linked. And, you know, yes, Weight training is so important, but understanding how fine a balance it is that we, that tightrope that we walk on when we, you know, change things with our food. You know, there's also younger guys who are messing around with hormones in the gym. Um, you know, this is a fact. There is parts of the industry where that does happen. If they know what the impacts are going to be down the track, when things naturally start to change and shift. That's also yeah. another conversation to have and having awareness of how important our hormones are uh, overall is, is critical. It's something that I believe is not touched on nearly enough within yeah. the fitness industry and our training. Um, but, you know, that's another conversation, another podcast. <laughs> I love it. Yes, we could, we could, but it is, it, you know, it is huge and it does affect us. And equally, it's that thing, what I was saying about women not necessarily changing the way they train. We actually need to rest more. We need that restorative time. And again, that has a huge impact on our hormones and how we play because we can have that huge overload of cortisol, which becomes so detrimental, again, in a training program. So, so it's really important that we actually look at that and take, take our rest, take more rest, and not feel that because we're not making gains, we have to do more, which is often what happens. You know, what they feel, oh my goodness, I'm putting on a little bit of weight. I'm getting spongy around the middle. I'm going to up my game i'm going to exercise more and then you do you know less rest and actually you're then more prone to injury and everything so all of that has to be taken into consideration if anybody does want to get a little bit more information perhaps you're experiencing uh symptoms that we have been discussed in this podcast and maybe you're not sure whether you're perimenopausal kate is a wonderful source of information both um, from her own experience and, and also she's well connected with experts in the industry uh, and GPs. So you can find her at her uh, social media. Uh, you can also find to have a chat with her uh, in September at Wellnge, where you're going to be taking people through a couple of things to give us a bit of an outline. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be doing a, a Tabata workout. I, I went for something cardio just to show that we can still get that good cardio blast. Body weight is just as, a, you know, is as effective. Um, and then on Sunday, we're going to be in the nutrition tent. Um, and I wanted to touch specifically on sugar 
in menopause because that's a, a very key thing that I think a lot of women find very difficult at this stage. That uh, is sort of obviously alcohol and um, sort of changing our mindset around how we can do that. And um, I'm coming without my children, so there will be no interruptions on that occasion. <laughs> they are more than welcome. There'll be plenty of things. Oh, no. Be there to, to enjoy being in a wellness space. I love them dearly. You are. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the joys of working from home. I uh, love it. <laughs> well, Kate, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think that you had better go and get those sweets for your your darling yeah. child, uh, before he runs amok. Um, but we will see you in September and look forward to hearing a lot more about your journey and, and your suggestions you. for people. Thank you. And thank you so much for highlighting such an important topic um, and including me in the space. Thank you. It's lovely thank to